back, ghouls and gals, to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast Band Showcase episode. Today's episode is episode 13, and I have the amazing band Seeking Tragedy from Salt Lake City, Utah, here on the show today. Now, it was really awesome talking to them and getting to know them. They're probably one of the most humble uh, musicians I have ever talked to, and not saying that I've never talked to a humble group before, but they are so down to earth, and it was just a really cool experience talking to this group of badass people. Um, with that being said, I'm trying to cut this intro short and let's just jump right into the interview. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast Band Showcase episode. Today I am joined by Chris, Ethan, Nate, and Lachlan from Seeking Tragedy. How's it going guys? Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's going great. great. Thanks you. Perfect. So uh, this is exciting. Uh, you guys reached out to us uh, a about a month or so ago, and um, I just checked out Seeking Tragedy's music, and it just hit a chord with me right away, because it, even on your About page, shows that some of your influences are even Lacuna Coil and Ginger, and those are some favorite bands of mine, and I'm just really excited to have you guys on. So uh, let's jump right into it. How did Seeking Tragedy come to be, and, and what is the story? Yeah, so uh, uh, me and Lachlan for this and yeah that didn't really work out so we just just kind of branched off and did our own thing for a while and it started to sound uh pretty badass so yeah we just have been sticking with it and yeah we found some really awesome members that also uh, are super passionate and yeah it's been working out really well on your fighting your footing i assume he's talking about Ethan and i oh Sorry, if I cut you off, go right ahead. Feel free to continue. <laughs> no, dude, I, I was just gonna say thanks, man. I appreciate that. But uh, Ethan and I are the new me- newer members, uh, and they've really done a good job of making us feel like it. Well, I can't speak for Ethan. I apologize <laughs> there, but uh, for myself though, you guys have really done a good job of making me feel welcome. You know, just not, not just in a band, but friends. You know, that's a big deal, I think. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're just like me and Nate. We started it, but we had a really difficult time finding people that like Nate said, are passionate about it and we're willing to, you know, put in the practice and because our songs are kind of harder to learn. We have a lot of complicated instruments written and whatnot. So finding people that would stick with it was difficult. And so for almost a whole year, it was just Nate and I writing. And then we finally started finding people that jived with us and like understood our vision. And so now we got a full band. And so it's been great playing shows and whatnot. Perfect. And this is also even said in your Finding Your Footing section on your Facebook and your in the About. Um, and in there, you not only talk about trying to find these members that you can groove with and jive with and have the same vision as you do, but it all, you also really preface the fact that you, when it comes to your writing style, that you don't shy away from controversial subjects, such as recent tragedies or, or a political division within the country. Uh, was this always the idea that you wanted to go with writing, or did it just kind of happen? Um... That just kind of happened, like, I write the lyrics based on what the songs speak to me, because Nate will write the instruments, like how he used to do it. He'd send me the instruments, and I would write lyrics and vocals to it. And I would just listen to the song over and over and see what kind of vibe it gave me. So if it gave me, like, a tragic vibe, a sad vibe, i just think about subjects that were weighing on my mind. And so, for example, at the time, we have a song called Burning Souls, and at the time, it was right after a school shooting, and 
So it was laying on my mind, and the song just had this feeling of tragedy that matched the events, and so I wanted to write a song about that. And so that's just how it works. I don't really plan ahead what I want the songs to be about. I just let them let the instrument speak to me, and whatever is on my mind, I just get it out through the music. Yeah, except for Arm Your Pride, I kind of used a sample from mm -hmm. um, another shooting, so that one I kind of blocked you in there. I'm like, oh, here's your what you're writing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So our most recent single, Arm Your Pride, we did use a sample from uh, it was a police shooting. They shot, uh, you know, a weaponless person, and so I wrote about that, and I also kind of dive into like the abuse of power in it and so it's just a song about needless violence so perfectly said i will say i, I mean i love that backstory to that i love how um that just came to be the fact that you're just writing these lyrics and they're sending samples of instrumentals they're doing and it just brings it back to the olden days of like how music was written if that makes sense with that being said also on your page it, it talking about instrumentals, talking about metal and all the things you guys are writing for, it, it is scripted that you're writing for what metal could bring the potential for you, exactly. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to know, was this always the direction you had, or did it just kind of happen during a spitball moment, or were you just like, I want this metal band to sound this way, I want us to be this heavy, and I want us to go in this direction? What was that like, picking out the vision? Uh, for me, at least, um, I just started writing riffs that, yeah, just I thought sounded really cool and just sat there working on um, the transitions and everything uh, for a long time. And, yeah, it's mostly just what sounds the best to my ear because I'm not that much of a lyricist, so I don't get too much into the meaning, but I just like... I just like to give, like, kind of my own feeling in the music, but as the words. So that's why, yeah, I'm thankful that Lockley, that's so good at that. <laughs> yeah, but with our band, we weren't trying to accomplish any certain sound. Like Nate said, we just, whatever sounds cool. So we don't really limit ourselves by genre, like, oh, we got to be the heaviest death metal band. Like, we're not out to do that. We don't care about you know, the elitist or anything like that. We just want to make music that sounds cool. So if it goes to different genres, like some songs span different genres. It doesn't, you can't really fit any one song into a certain category. Like we're not just death metal. We're not just prog metal. We just combine anything that's cool. And we all have different influences and bands that we like. And we all bring something different to the table. So we just combine all of it and... I think it works out pretty well, and I think it's unique because we're not following any formula. I will add that to you, too, uh, as kind of a compliment to you as well. As listening to your music, you definitely hear what, exactly what you're talking about, exactly how you're writing, and, and that feeling and that passion that you're bringing to the genre. You're not really aiming to be this heavy band. You're just aiming to write the music that you want to write, and I think that's what's so charming about the songs that you guys make and the songs that I've even listened to is that it just has that charming passion feel to make this music. Um, you mentioned also that you you hit a few roadblocks early on. Do you want to touch on any of these roadblocks and how you overcame them? 
Um, one of the biggest roadblocks was just finding members. That was pretty much the biggest roadblock because, like I said, it was about a year with just Nate and I, and we actually played some shows just the two of us, and like they were okay, but it's not a full show without a full band, and so we could only go so far as a band, just being two people, you know, and finding people. We had we auditioned a lot of people, like a lot of people. Nate would audition and. He'd even teach him guitar parts and stuff, and then... Yeah, I swear we went through, like, 30 different people, <laughs> if not more. Yeah, <laughs> so that was definitely a big roadblock, just finding people that would stick around. So it sounds like you guys had to do a lot of trial and error, just figuring out Seeking Tragedy and figuring out how to complete this badass of a band. And mm-hmm. You definitely went through it. I mean, 30 people is is a lot, so bravo for uh, sticking with it. Yeah. Um, On your page, it also says that you've been able to just not only build confidence as artists, but build this local fan base in Utah as well. I mean, what has that been like? Has that just been an overwhelming experience? Has it been a whirlwind? I mean, what has that trip been like for everyone? Well, I think the funnest part, because building a fan base is very difficult, but the thing that's helped is playing shows with other amazing local bands and just getting involved with the scene here. Utah has a pretty awesome underground metal scene, and it's really close-knit. And so being able to build a fan base has been helped by playing shows with them. And when... People see us for the first time, seeing their reaction is awesome because we go to shows and these people don't know who we are and we play a show and afterwards they come up to us and they're like, wow, that was awesome, you know? Like, yeah, my get- past fans, they never would do that. But with this one, they always come up to me after. They're like, oh my God, that was so cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> one thing that makes me excited. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds like you guys have this past experience of bands where it probably didn't work out too well and and you didn't have these people coming up and now you do have people coming up to you saying hey you guys sound awesome you're amazing that was an awesome show i mean the kind of that kind of like creates an ego right i mean i would think for any bands and anyone in general when you're getting told your your music or your art is that amazing you do get a little bit of an ego but (laughs) i think the best artists know how to keep humble about that so how do you how do you approach that exactly um, I, I have a really low self-esteem, I don't believe <laughs> yeah. what they say. I mean, I mean no, uh, being very level-headed about it. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, so <clears throat> Ethan and I, we've played two two shows with as a full, you know, the four-piece, and the first show was on a Friday, the, the second was the following Monday, and I have to admit that there was, there was a bit of trepidation when I first went in on the Friday show, but... It was such an under. It was like a concrete bunker. I honestly, I was like, I feel safe here. Why? Why should I be? Safe? And when uh, when I started playing, I was like, man, I can't wait for Monday. And so I, uh, I think honestly, it's the music itself that's helped. Literally, just playing the music is what helps keep the the level headed attitude about stardom or potential <laughs> stardom. <laughs> it. Well said. I, I, I would definitely have to say keeping a level head and low self-esteem does help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all we're all kind of 
introverted, humble type. So I don't feel like any of us have really built up a big ego. That's not a huge concern of mine. I feel like we're all very level-headed and we're all very chill people. So I think I think we're okay. <laughs> we have enough confidence, but we're not cocky. Yeah, that's that. one thing I like about uh, this band because I've been in so many bands with super cocky people. But in this one, we all have a say. Like, I so enjoy, like, all the inspiration I get uh, from Chris and Ethan and all that. Like, yeah, it's, it's weird being on the other end, being the one that's kind of been there the whole time and uh, not feeling like, oh, well, it's my way or the highway because that's how it was in all my other bands. So that's what I really like about this one. You know, I, I, and, and I would say, when it comes to just even talking to you guys and just, you have a very calm atmosphere to you. And, and it's really kind of polarizing because it's when, when we're listening to your music, it's definitely far more heavy. And, and although it, it can be, not can be, it's a little slow, which is good for it because I love that fact of it. It's just so interesting talking to you guys because you're so calm, you're so down to earth, and, and I think that's what's very appealing about Seeking Tragedy. Now, you had a recent single come out uh, called Army or Pride. It's on Spotify right now for everyone to listen to. What went into making this single, and, and what was the biggest hiccups, and what was the proudest moments you had with it? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, go on. Oh. That's a song that we mentioned before that um, Nate found the sample of this shooting. And so that's where the whole song pretty much was inspired from. It was started with that sample. And we knew that we wanted it to be kind of a more heavy song due to the subject that it's built on. A more brutal song to really demonstrate that violence and aggression within the music so that's how that song came about and yeah i think that one we kind of had the idea like let's just make this heavier than all of our songs because mm -hmm. this is such a dark uh subject matter <laughs> yeah let's just have a head smashing fucking track mm -hmm. so that's why it was so fun to write because yeah those ones mm -hmm. they're kind of easier in a way to write not because yeah there's there's a dynamic in the song but yeah that's where my roots are is just really heavy death metal so yeah that this one was really fun for me to write at least yeah a lot of the songs have a bit of a build-up in the beginning uh, a couple of the songs i don't do much for like the first uh up until the chorus maybe but there's two songs in particular in army of prides one of them that it's just right like nate said it's right there in your face it just starts full and heavy all of us at once um so it's a different feel than a few of the other songs, but it, it gets you going. So Army of Pride, and we talked about this before, and especially with Army of Pride, is, is touching on these recent shootings, and, and or a recent shooting to be specific, and it's these are very touchy subjects these day and age. You know, it's it, there's no easy way to approach it without making people feel uncomfortable. And I would say for seeking tragedies uh, benefit, what I think is great is that you guys are writing about it. You're bringing attention to it because it shouldn't be something that we're desensitized to, nor should we forget about. It. Do you get any pushback from people when they hear about what you're writing or what you're singing about? Do you have you experienced that at all? No, I don't think people have 
dived that far yet. I think possibly when we have a full album and, you know, the lyrics, people are more looking at the lyrics and stuff and maybe some people will comment on it. But so far, I know people listen to it and they enjoy it. I don't know if they've given a lot of thought to what it represents, but I think when they start to see our full discography come out, they'll start to get more what the songs are about. And it's not like you're getting all preachy about, mm-hmm. like, oh, we need this certain policy, but no, you're just, like, describing the experience of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't like, think it'd be that controversial. Yeah. Well, Very it, true. There's a bit to be said about the listener base. Um, although we are in what might be considered a conservative state, it's not like every single super hyper-conservative person is going to be listening to our music to possibly be offended. Um, so it's like the listener base kind of just understands, you know, things happen. So you got to listen to everybody's experience about things happening. Uh, the history, just like, just like Lachlan said, you know, the history, that's the important thing because it happens no matter who remembers it or how they remember it. It still happened. Uh, and that's the important thing. One of what I think is so admirable about your music and, and what you're writing about is that you definitely know that you can tell that you know that line of writing about something for milking it for exposure or for writing about it to get through the tragedy and I think that's what hits home with the name Seeking Tragedy is you're writing this music and you're describing these experiences and you're only doing it as one could say a way for people to vent through and have a release through while others can say that it's just to keep an attention on I mean, it's it's a big t- undertaking, whether it's, you know, uh, bands like Metallica or even indie bands like Seeking Tragedy. Now, going forward, I, I want to talk about what, what what has it been like, the re- not just the reception that you're receiving from shows, but just the shows that you've been playing. I mean, has that also been a whirlwind experience for you guys? I mean, just building building up and going to all these shows? Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's actually been a lot of fun. Um with Utah it is it can be kinda hard um working with bookers. There's only so many people that book here in Utah and so the initial roadblock is just getting your foot in the door as a new band because no one knows who you are and you know, bookers wanna book people that can get viewers in the door like if you're playing for a bar venue they want you to be able to get people in so that's the biggest roadblock as a new band but what's really helped is like I said the scene here is really tight-knit and so just building a relationship with the other bands in Utah has made it so we've been able to play some really amazing shows with amazing talent there is so much talent here in Utah in the middle and hardcore scene and so once you get involved with that, it opens so many doors, and it's just been awesome to play with these talented bands that I think have so much potential. And I think, I don't know, I think a lot of them could blow up and make it big time. I think Utah is definitely one of the front states for metal, in my opinion. I'm biased, but I really do believe that. Yeah, until I heard some of the bands we played with, I never really heard how good some of these other bands are like uh what was that one band called late or something later yeah later 
yeah, that one was really cool. Yeah, you should check that one out. Or this last show on Monday, the Monday we played a band from Minnesota. It was on their tour, and so they were able to stop by, which was amazing to hear them in general, but specifically that they were able to say, hey, let's go to, well, basically Provo, Utah, or Orem, Utah. <laughs> People are like, where? Excuse me, what? Um, don't they just have farms there? And uh, it... To be included and to see that they already have a huge fan base, especially back in Minnesota, and then they brought in a few other, Acacia Ridge and uh, Untamed Engine as well, and then Amoris, all from Salt Lake area. And, yeah, the whole thing about it, it's like we we were the first band to play, but we set such a high bar that we knew they could keep up. You know, I, I, I... Just talking to you guys again, I, I want to throw some accolades to you. you. Guys are just such a humble band, and uh, not even being biased, I think it's awesome that you're so supportive of your scene in Utah, and that you're so uh, out there with supporting them. And the fact that you're just like we we came on first, but we set the bar so high that we know they can take it. That you know, coming from Denver, there are bands out here who think in an opposite direction with that. And and, mm-hmm. I, and that just makes me love you guys even more. The fact that you're just like, oh yeah, they could totally keep up with us. They're not a big deal at all. Like that's awesome. Right on, guys. Thank you. Um, so going forward, what does Seeking Tragedy have planned in the rumor mill or the working mill for the future? Do you got any shows? Do we have an album that we can uh, expect to drop anytime soon? Yeah, we uh, we've pretty much finished most of the music at least for um, an album and so yeah we just got to work on that for maybe a month or two hopefully not longer but it might take longer but yeah then we got to get all of it recorded but yeah it should be coming out like it's on its way so yeah that would be really awesome so we're kind of shooting for possibly beginning of next year is when we're hoping for because like Nate said we have enough songs written for an album almost it's just a matter of you know getting them mixed and mastered and recorded and making them sound professional and once that's done i think we have a really solid album and also as far as shows go we have one um in october 8th we have one with the band nightclub they're kind of an electric rock band with another female singer that's really talented and I am very excited about that show. They're from LA, so they're a touring band and I was really happy when we got on the bill for that show. It's going to be at the Urban Lounge here in Salt Lake and so that's going to be a really fun show to play. Congratulations on that. That That is hugely exciting. I know for a fact you guys are going to rock it and you're going to melt faces off. It's going to be a hammer smashing good time, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we got about eight minutes left of the show. Unless you guys need to get out, uh, I have probably two more questions for you. Do you need to get out anytime soon? No, go for it. No, we're good. Right on. I am. I speak for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ethan needs to talk some more. Specifically, address Ethan the question. <laughs> All right, don't do it. Like, why are you so quiet, Ethan? <laughs> no, no, I, I can totally uh, throw something towards Ethan's way. <laughs> he he shreds right. on the guitar. I mean, I gotta say, Nate's written all the guitar up to this point, except for this newest. Uh, actually, we're in the middle of writing a song at, as we speak. Well, you know, it's new, but uh, Ethan's been bringing his own little mix to it. So although the beginning songs had Nate just shredding, Ethan was playing it. You know, Nate wrote it, and Ethan 
you see him on stage, and it's it's I I can't because I get in trance and I forget what I'm doing, so I, I make sure <laughs> I can't watch him. But if you come to a show, definitely you got to see this guy. All of us, hopefully, you want to pay attention to. But you can watch me the least if you'd like. I'll be behind like a mic stand trying to hide. <laughs> uh, but seriously, it, the stage presence these guys give is and gal. Let's not be sexist. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. But yeah, give Ethan a question. All right, so, uh, all right, Ethan. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one your way. So. Now it sounds like you you have this amazing talent on the guitar. I mean, definitely listening to your music, you definitely <laughs> hear that. Um, so I'm gonna make this a guitar directed question. Now, when a lot of people are viewing, whether it's YouTubers or musicians, and they're just seeing people shredding and doing this technical stuff, um, there's usually this kind of intimidation because you're doing it so well. What has this been like getting so good at your instrument, and, and what was your influence for playing? Uh, it's been, it's been like a it's been a trip. So I started playing and I listened to like Metallica and stuff. So I just wanted to learn all the new Metallica songs. Um, after that it was like Code and Cambria, you know. And like I got into Between the Buried Me and they just rip. You know they're they're insanely talented. So I feel like you know the music that I was into, I was always just listening to like more and more technical stuff. And uh, just recently like taking lessons, uh, focusing less on like how fast I can play and more on like how well I can play the stuff that I'm playing. It's just like paid huge dividends for me. Uh, there's been a lot. It's, I mean, guitar is like the thing that I enjoy most in the world doing. There's nothing else that I'd rather be doing. Just love it. My reason to live. So I'll keep it up forever. Just, yeah, I just really like it. Beautiful. I, I mean, you, you know, and I, and I think that was a really good kind of, and it's not even a piece of advice you said, but the fact that you said that it's not how fast you can play, but how well you can play it that matters. Because the fact of the matter is, you know, we have people out here who can play super fast, but they can't land the notes. And so it's just this mumbled sound and when you're topping to the guitar you're bringing this confidence to it and you can really hear it in the songs i mean bravo to you sir <laughs> thank you of course and bravo to to all of seeking tragedy i mean talk about a band that again is just making fans off making music that you not just want to make but that you want to express through and and you definitely get that now my last question i have for you is is one that we love to ask all of our bands that come on for interviews and that is what is the craziest thing you've seen or part of at a show that you're comfortable with sharing <laughs> the craziest the craziest there is there is no sensors here <laughs> Uh, talk, like one of our shows or just like a show in general your show or a show that you've been to whichever one thing that happened to me because i'm like only five two and one of my buddies he's like six like almost seven foot he's like oh let me put you on my shoulders and i'm like um okay so he puts me on his shoulders and starts spinning me around and forcing me to kick people in the head i'm like what are you doing yeah uh <laughs> That was the craziest thing that happened to me. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, for me, uh, I went and saw Between the Buried Me uh, one time, and th for some reason, I guess their drummer had some, like, nerve damage in his leg, and he really hated the sound guys, so, like, probably, like, quarter way through the their set, he just, like, got mad and threw a snare across the stage, and they left. And that was that. <laughs> that was something else. Wow. <laughs> they still rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've seen anything crazy. Honestly, I've seen some, I've been to some interesting shows, but more so it's been the fans who've been a little rowdy for my tastes. Uh, I don't know. People just shrieking in your ears. That's like, that's just unnecessary. So I don't know. Nothing really, 
fancy, but I like to hear still, so... Yeah. What, why are people shrieking in your ears, exactly? I don't know. She was really wasted. It was one... It was a, it was a festival concert, and I don't know how she... Ugh. She should have been on stage singing with that type of voice, seriously. She was just saying, like, I love your music, your guys are awesome. She was literally just shrieking. No, like, she was just shrieking noises because she was drunk. And I think she thought she was talking, possibly, (laughs) or um, she was trying to call her woodland friends, specifically the avian kind. I don't know. That that makes sense to me. Uh, That sounds like a sound argument, honestly. (laughs) What about you, Lachlan? Do you got anything? Uh, I can't think of anything that I've seen that's crazy. I remember one of my first bands that I attended was at a venue that's no longer around. It's now actually a playhouse for children's plays, but the venue is called the Avalon, and I saw the band Bayside there, and they mention that they've played the Avalon a few times, and a lot of their friend bands have, and it's supposed to have been haunted. And once someone pulled, like, a brick fell from the wall, and there was a little girl's nightgown behind where the brick was. And so, I don't know, there were a lot of rumors about that venue, but I don't know. I didn't see anything there. I always wished I had, but sadly, it closed shortly after I saw Bayside play there. But I just thought that was interesting. Well, gee, thanks, Bayside. No, I'm I'm playing. (laughs) Um, So... Singing Tragedy, where can all of our ghouls and gals and all of our listeners listen to you, and where can they follow you and support the band? Yeah, we're everywhere on the internet. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, our music's on all the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, drive, and- drive here. We could give you a free show if you drive yourself here. I'd do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, don't big, I got a pretty big backyard. I don't know. That's not a euphemism, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to tell me with a good time. Uh... <laughs> Seriously, though, if anybody is traveling, you know, or if they're if they're listening and they're even lots of people are that are close by already, make it over to Salt Lake for uh, like layovers, I guess, on the airplanes. But uh, if they do make it here, totally, at least check out somebody. Check out some local show. Yeah, yeah. we keep agree. our Facebook updated with shows, so if you're ever curious when we're playing a show, just go to our Facebook. And everywhere online, we're Seeking Tragedy. I think we're the only band with that name, thankfully, so we're pretty easy to find. Perfectly agree. It's pretty easy to find you guys, I'm not going to lie. So, um, yeah. With that being said, we're, we're at the end of this show, we're at the end of this interview. It's been great having Seeking Tragedy on and talking to all of you. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners or maybe any advice you'd like to pass on? Um, advice, I'd say just don't give up. It's easy to get discouraged when you're, you know, a lot of things about a band is difficult, building a fan base, finding members, uh, staying, keeping up your spirits to keep, you know, pushing along. It can be hard That's so that would be my advice to just yeah especially with metal it's not like an easy thing to just get in and make a lot of money but you just have to love the music and you just have to want to be able to put your mark on the world and maybe inspire other people uh, to follow what they love to do also well said I love it well thank you again everyone from Seeking Tragedy coming on this has been a blast 
And with that being said, thank you, Ghouls and Gals, for hanging out and talking about horror and music with me. And podcast over. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Ghouls and Gals. That was Seeking Tragedy. Talk about a total badass of a band. Talk about people who are really humble, too. I mean, I know you can get that from the interview yourself. But I want to give a quick big thanks again to them for coming on the podcast. Thank you to Seeking Tragedy. And while you're listening to this, Ghouls and Gals, if you would, if you want to jump down in the episode notes below and click on their links to go and support them and follow them on their social media accounts and, and download some of their music, Please go ahead and do that right now while you're at it. And if you want to wait till after the songs, let's go ahead and wait after the songs. But you know what? Real quick, I want to give another thanks to Seeking Tragedy because they actually hooked us up with a song they have never released anywhere yet. The song's called Hacksaw. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. This is the first song coming up, followed by Army of Pride and Slow Burn. All right, let's jump right into it. Yes, we were up there at that time, but that doesn't mean anything. No, his car's not even yellow. It's 